Good evening and welcome to Three Valleys Radio's 100th edition of Football Bloody Hell. On the show tonight, we've got Ricky Hyatt, Dave Hildeprior, Gavin Cheatham. I should be around. We're hoping Paul Thorpe's going to make it. And our special guest on this our 100th edition is Martin Hellier, the new owner of Yeovertown Football Club. So sit back, enjoy, and hopefully we'll have a good bit of football banter. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Football Bloody Hell. But somebody, somebody suggested we change it to Football Bloody Hellier tonight. <laughs> so um, he's he's let us use the the, the, the uh, aforementioned phrase. So uh, I think we should uh, perhaps introduce him first, Dave. But I'm cutting in on you, so you you take over again. <laughs> That's absolutely fine, and. Just touching on that before I do, just to mention that it is our 100th episode of Football Bloody Hell. And as Aidy's alluded to there, we're delighted to have joining us again the uh, chairman, well, chairman, owner of Yeovil Town Football Club, Mr. Martin Hellier. How are you doing, Martin? Hello, hello, and congratulations on your 100th episode. Fantastic, and uh, honoured to be on it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Martin, just, just one quick question before we get stuck in. Um, what do you what do you term yourself as the owner or the chairman or both, just out of interest? It, owner and it, it, it depends in which sort of format you're in. But owner and chairman technically, um, I say chairman because my email account is chairman at. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, tomorrow I'll be painter and decorator, and and the next day I'll be I'll be I'll be something else. But for, for the sake of sort of you know understanding. Technically, owner and, ch- and chairman. So, but I don't really sort of get you know huge excitement from fancy job titles. To be honest, I think it's no. all about actually doing the uh, job. Okay, yeah. well, no, it was just a thought. That was all. Okay, yeah. Dave, carry on, mate. Talking of job titles, AD's job title is uh, station manager at Three Valleys Radio. So, it just goes to show that the title doesn't necessarily mean anything. No. Exactly. No, that's, that's, <laughs> exactly. <yeah>. <laughs> But as you have heard, AD does join us this evening alongside uh, Rick Hyatt is here. How are you doing, Rick? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. And I have no fancy title at all. <laughs> Just a common man. Why have you got a black spot on your cheek? Wh- why? Because I got an insect bite. Thanks for that. Oh, you've been, you've been injured there then. Yeah. Huh. All right. Anyway, carry on. Give yourself, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, well, and after that, lastly, we do have uh, Three Valleys commentator Gav Cheatham with us, if he can hear us. How are you doing, Gav? Yeah, hi, Dave. Evening, everyone. Nice to be back. 
Excellent. So now we've managed to get everybody checked in. You know who's here, and now we can all hear each other if we can't all see each other, but that's not going to matter to the listener at home. So, Martin, we're obviously going to have to make a start with yourself. So thank you very much again, as I say, for joining us. Um, when we, you were last on the show, I think it was your first full day um, at the helm of Yeovil Town Football Club. So I think it's probably been, are we, are we a month in yet? Is it around about that? We're heading into the yeah, fourth fourth week in, in, in operation, I think. It's uh, barely had time to look or check, but <laughs> it, it, it's around that, yeah. But with that in mind, um, how have you found the last, say, three or four weeks now that you've got a bit oh, more of your feet under the table, so to speak? I mean, in, enjoyably frantic would probably be the uh, sort of uh, statement. I mean, it's been... Um, we're heading into so many different parts of the business with so much energy and, and, and you know, as, as, as a credit to all the people around me, um, more so than myself. Um, yeah, absolutely enjoyable on every, on every aspect of it. I mean, you know, a few facts and figures and things that might, you know, make the faint hearted stay awake a, a little bit longer at night. But other than that, we're, we're, we're loving it. I'm loving it. It's uh, hugely rewarding and 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 in all the right ways, rather than necessarily the initially the commercial aspect that, that a business person might want to go into. So yeah, fantastic, fantastic team, um, very accommodating staff, and uh, very um, you know a, a lot of kind words being said um, by the wider public as well. So so far so good, really good, yeah. You mentioned about the wider public there. Um, you made the point last time about if there is any scepticism, then just wait for a few weeks' time and you'll see all the details on Company's sure. House. And that has since been confirmed and true to your word. And it does confirm that Scott Priestner was no longer involved um, in the ownership of the football club. And have you found that more people are getting on board the Hellier train or is it still very much early days I, in that I respect? Think so. I think so. If I... If I sort of proactively, desperately searched to find criticism, I'm sure it's out there. <laughs> but in general, I mean, what we what we tried to state at it, 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 the beginning of um, you know the, the, the tenure there is that we 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 have to prove ourselves on our word. I think every day or every week we're 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 more and more doing so. Um, I think there's less and less things to have any suspicion or, or any sort of ambiguity about and and you know we're doing it in a way that we're just actually getting on with the job and enjoying it so there there's a, a natural positivity about the whole thing which is just feeding itself from us just getting on and doing the job and 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 also volunteers and um you know the people around us and and and, and so on so it's really just by just by default. It's it's really creating a positive vibe without any effort except just getting on with the job that we want to do. So it's really good. So with that in mind, I think it was some point last week where there was it was a, it was announced that um, the club will be doing all that it can to put the women's football team back into the forefront. Obviously, they've had quite the um, the ride of it over the last couple of seasons having gone up to the very top flight and we spoke about it on monday that unfortunately 
they went into the top flight at a time where they just missed out on all the Sky Sports money and everything that went with it. And unfortunately, we all know what happened after this. So can you just tell us a little bit about how or what plans are in place to kind of put that structure right back in at the start again in order to uh, go on the journey? I think really the whole the whole sort of mantra from the outset is 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 you know we can easily keep quoting achieve by unity and we, it's a very easy phrase to to talk about but it really is the unifying of of, of the various aspects of the club uh, pulling it closer to the club being part of the club there's no sort of uh, you know kind of uh, secondary kind of position for let's say women's football compared to men's football and so you know and that has to be looked at on a on a you know that we're embracing all of it on all one level as opposed to sort of offshoots that can be a little bit fragile because for example they might be they might be sort of semi-charity funded or they may have to compromise on where they train or the attention they get from the club um, you know, it has to be all or nothing. And, you know, it's a it's a great one to kind of solidify and and um, and have represent us on a on a on an even footing. So, yeah, we're really excited about that one. And did I see as well, Martin, that that will be with a view of all levels of women's age groups as well that I did see about the developmental side of it, as well as obviously trying to get a competing uh, first team so exactly to and you know where we talk about things being on all the same level you know we're, we're really even from our own group sponsorship of grassroots football before we before we acquired the club the whole purpose being really is 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 there's some sort of hefty gaps in the in the in the sort of upwards kind of trajectory from 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 you know beginning sort of youth up through grassroots to, you know, homegrown um, players um, as much as possible. So it's got to be, you know, cover all aspects of that kind of uh, chain, if you like, going up. So, um, you know, the, the the women's football side of it can rest assured that, um, you know, it's our full intention um, to give that the attention it would need and the resources it would need and the facilities it would need to give them that that sort of decent fighting chance that they deserve. Martin, is it on the, the women's side? Um, to me, it's a, it's a no-brainer in consequence of, first of all, women's football is extremely popular at the moment. Sure. Uh, yeah. And B, of course, if, if we can get a successful team um, from a purely financial point of view, helping you to run the club you know, viably, it makes sense. I mean, did you look at it from both aspects? Yeah, totally. Um, you know... <laughs> You've, you've, you've got to also, you know, imagine that, that we've come into the club, into the finances, exploring them, optimising them, making them more efficient, um, getting sort of best value and all that sort of thing. And, and, and so the women's football side of things would, 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 would immediately fall into that remit in terms of viability, the resources um, and what we can do. So I wouldn't say that, I certainly wouldn't say that the financial aspect of it gets more onus than say the the just general support and growth of the women's side it's it certainly comes into play but uh, it it's not uh, 
you know, the money side of it, if you like, is not the deciding factor as to whether we're committed to the, to the women's side of football or not. And, and you know, it'd be a, be a tragedy if that's the only thing that separates our, our commitment to that. So we're just, I mean, we're sort of clearing the decks, making it transparent, showing our commitment and, and you know, giving them that, that arena to, to give it a good shot. And, and you know, that's certainly enough for us. And, and hopefully, you know, that, 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 will, that will transpose onto the, onto the pitch and onto the results. Yeah. Well, look out, Sky, because Yeovil are coming. Yeah, you better believe it. <laughs> Martin, a lot's been um, in the on the social media range. Lots of uh, decent pictures going on about the the work that's going into the the stadium itself, and we've seen the images of yourself and and Josh Staunton with the paint yeah. rollers and and all doing your bit. Um, it's been announced that there's, I think there's seven pre-season fixtures altogether as it stands, that six yeah. being away from home. Was that a decision that was made in mind of development, for want of a better word, to uh, revamp the stadium before yeah, I mean, fans come in for I the regular have, season? I certainly didn't have any input as to um, whether they were home and away. It might have been that that, that decision might have come into it partly um, some of the refurbishments we're making, you know, refurbishments. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, right. Um, and uh, you could you could say that some of them already set us against quite a tight deadline as far as even you know first match of the season. And so any situations where we could avoid, you know, bringing that deadline even closer, I think it will also be a really good exercise pre-season. For the team, for the team, uh, you know, for our team to be out on those other pitches, getting the feel of the environment of the National League South, and you know, it's if you like a little bit of conditioning in that in that respect, uh, familiarity of, of you know uh, localities and 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 other grounds and so on. So I see it as a positive in that way. And to be honest with you, if a if a if a side effect of that is We've got at least the time we thought we had to do the things we're doing. Then, yeah, it's a blessing. But I, I wasn't influential on whether they were home or away. One of the main points that Yeovil fans are intrigued about going into this season is that, generally speaking, that the National League South means that um, you are able to take your seat and enjoy an alcoholic beverage whilst yeah. watching the the game at this level. Um, is a, has a decision been made around that at all? Or is it a case of because Yeovil were a, have, generally speaking, a bigger venue that it's not necessarily something that can be enforced at Yeovil? Is it more for the smaller clubs? Did you know how that works at all? We are, we are heading into that season with the assumption that we will be allowing that. Um, of course, it will be um, properly marshaled. I would... I would, you know, air to any fans listening now that if 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 that facility is abused or causes trouble, you know, please bear in mind that has a rather detrimental effect on on uh, you know uh, uh, renewals of premises licenses and things like that. Um, and and, and I, I'm 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 sure for the majority, everyone's very sensible in that respect. 
there's some little caveats in that that if if we were playing a a friendly for example to a team that was in national league or above we would be it would be it would be the same as if we were in national league so drinking in stands would not happen that's just the the rules and and that's what it is and again you know we will try and advise that and put up notices i as i say i would ask fans um to be responsible and to in, in, enjoy having that facility it takes a little bit of the pressure points off the bars rather than trying to get in there for a pint before or half time um and you know it, it, it we're embracing it as a, as a as a positive aspect of it we would just ask fans to just be sensible in that respect and of course all licensing laws that exist in any pub or premises or anything are equally as applicable to a football ground with regards to underage drinking or serving drunks or something like that. I don't believe for one minute we're going to have too much, too much trouble with that, but it's not a kind of, well, it's okay because we're here and we can do it. So, it, you know, it's it, it's a nice factor and, and, and if people enjoy it in the right way, I think it, it's, a, it's a nice thing to have. But of course... It would be, it would be policed in the right way. I think so. Yeah. Will that be the same with movement around the stadium as well? Because alongside that rule, I believe that there's um, clubs at at that level where you you buy your ticket, but I know that there's been situations before where the fans then switch ends as the sure. as the as the um, the second half commences. Yeah. Will, will I, that sort of thing be? I, I, available or will it be very much a case of you buy your seat particularly with season tickets and yeah. that's the seat that you I, will have I, I, I think really that is the fact um is in, unless i stand corrected from someone after this podcast but you know it's my belief mm. if, if, in, in 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 terms of um i don't know if that's me or someone else i do apologize about background noise um um in in the sense it's um no the, the the usual kind of um segregation and and uh um you know things as they as they were are are, are most likely still gonna um continue in that format so i'm just closing a couple of windows down on there um and so um yeah that it, 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 it could turn a bit chaotic if we allow a sort of switching around and, 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 and things. So, you know, away visitors, um, you know, home fans, and, you know, let, let's keep the format more or less how we how it normally would be. And, of course, you know, if, if, if things go to plan and we get promoted, all of a sudden we're going to be switching it all back to how it was. So the further we go away from that format, the further we've got to go back to it if, if you know, God willing, we, we get promoted. So, um structured and enjoyable and uh, I think it'll be, be pretty good yeah I just want to ask you about transfers if I may that word that everybody seems to want to to know about at this time of year obviously there's been uh, one new face in the door so far before I ask you about new bodies I just want to touch on the fact that we've had uh, both Josh and Matty Worthington on in the last couple of weeks and really good to see that they've signed on um, but they've spoken about in particular your role and how key you were in their decision making in wanting to stay on at Yeovil so that must give you a sense of pride that oh, you've been able to 
help in those decisions? I, I mean, you know, to, to, to know that, you know, shortly later that evening or next day, the fans are going to be told, um, you know, that, that, that Matty stay in, um, um, you know, Storm's views, um, that, that's great. If, 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 you know, I was in, 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 in fairness, um, great credit to Mark Cooper, um, uh, and, 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 and to the, those players themselves. And if, if I was even marginally influential in, in, in getting them to, to, to stay, then, then that's a, you know, a, a great honor for me. But, um, I think, you know, if I'm quoted in the equation, I think it's simply because of the fact that we're trying to have such a positive drive in the club. And, and if that helps seal it, then, then you know, I'll take that one and we're, we're really pleased. But, um, yeah, I mean, of course, someone um, someone like Matty, you know, he would have had options. And, and, and you know, you, you have to look at it through the eyes of a... Uh, a young footballer with career opportunities, and and I, and I think the fact to invest in our sort of dream at the moment was 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 really kind of um, demonstrates the sort of character he is, along with along with Josh and 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 uh, Busey, and 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 yeah, I think and Mark would have been hugely um, influential in that more far far more more than me, but yeah, I certainly certainly endorsed it and, and welcomed it as, as did the fans yeah i must stress that they did mention all of that as a collective but you were yeah. mentioned <laughs> well, it's a statement of intent isn't it really getting those guys to, to buy into it for the next season yeah yeah you know it's it, it you're talking about something which which, which kind of it, it's an extra element in terms of encouraging them to subscribe to uh, what is a, a sort of a community dream of, of, you know, turning the club around and going up, which is not normally a main sort of factor they'd have to consider, um, you know, when things are all going well. So, it, you know, they're demonstrating their commitment to the team. They're demonstrating it when they're out there with paintbrushes and, 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 and doing all the things they're doing. So it, it, it really is, you know, a, a completely transparent commitment of, you know of, of of their you know emotional investment in the club as much as anything yeah. else so you know it's, it's very humbling and, and, and you know very very good news and and it just sort of solidifies a a, a team that, that that mark is very carefully and quite rightly carefully putting together which is it's just layering up to be a, a really robust strong offering for next season and you know obviously um it's fun it's great news to, to to retain those those two or three yeah and in terms of new bodies coming through the door martin um are you missed able out to on sh- one today what's that you missed out on one today duke bellingham's gone to real madrid so you're gonna have to scrap that all oh, right and messi's off as well i wasn't messi's off to win with either of them to be honest with you um, <laughs> be nice. uh, so uh, so, Dave, yeah, you're, you're you're being naughty and you're asking about new players. I I was, yes. You've got to ask these things whilst we we've got you available. Yeah. Now, you know, I totally understand that if you keep keep saying to fans, trust us, be patient. Um, you can only say that so many times, and they'll only be so patient. And you know, 
choice and fairness. But um, what, could, what, what, what could I say? Um, I'm quite excited about what might be announced fairly soon. How, uh, how far along are you, Martin, with the, uh, the desire to get these forwards in that we were talking about last time? Are you a bit keen on getting two decent ones in? Are you any further? I, I, I would, I would say it will, it will touch on that subject quite significantly. Because inevitably, that's going to be the one that, that fans are really going to be interested in because that was a gaping, gaping it, 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 last season. Universally, um, yeah. yeah, absolutely, and 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 no one's more you know acutely aware of that than than Mark and uh, myself, and you know. Mark is playing exactly right at the moment. Um, from from my observations, he's far more qualified than myself. But he he truly is playing it the exact right way. Um, I I think there will you know ne- negotiations are 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 happening, um, and you know sort of midway to latter stages, if you like, and you know. So it's, it's all—it's always a little bit fragile in that process, um, and and that said, we're also leaving some in the tank for uh, an opportunity if and when it raises its head, even after those two. So, yeah. so it, he, you know, d- despite any speculation or criticism, Mark regards you know taking his time or anything like that, you know, rest assured from being on the inside. The, the 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 potential results of that process are really um, you know um, bearing fruits. Um, <clears throat> so you know he, he's aware of the timeline. He's aware of um, you know the anticipation or, or or impatience and so on and so on. But that said, you know first and foremost, he has to create a winning team. Uh, you know to 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 you know God willing take us up. Um, you know, uh, after next season, and and he truly is achieving some 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 good things at the moment, very good things. And if things, <clears throat> if current conversations, advanced conversations, come to fruition, I think I think uh, fans will be very pleased. And I also think that we'll still be leaving a little bit in the. In the in the in the coffers, if you like, or uh, another one a little bit more advanced into you know summer or something. Yeah. So so you know, as you know, um, you know, I couldn't say who, but what I can say is, you know, it's not lip service. There's two potentially quite interesting prospects that are in. Advanced talks. Harry Kane. Hey. Harry Who's Kane. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I haven't got your money, Eddie. <laughs> so hopefully, in in Martin before the um before the early bird deadline of next Friday for season tickets to um. Oh, good question. Good question, Gav Cheaton. That's a Spurs. <laughs> Isn't it? Just before season that, that would wouldn't that be ideal? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And um, oh, you, you very very naughty tonight, aren't you? Uh, uh, it's episode uh, one hundred, Martin. Uh, yeah, exactly. We've got cocky now. That's good. That's good. Um, 
I would not be surprised if it, yeah, would, um, came in before. Watch your space. But, but I'm not sat at the, that table with the initial hammering out of the usual regular stuff. Um, but certainly, I would be, I would be uh, selling the same dream to those players as far as the, you know, the the, the exciting journey that we're we're about to embark on. And and I'd say those players are feeling fairly um, invested in that dream as well. So it's it's uh, quite close as far as as far as that goes. And certainly. If we were having the same conversation in a week's time, I'm really careful here, don't I? Um, yep. I You're going to get invited back. In I might right? be surprised. Right. Yeah. That's all I'm giving you, which is, yeah. Well, yeah, the good news, the good news, on. Martin, is that we're, we'll take the spotlight off of you um, for a moment. So just to go through the format that we would have on a normal quote-unquote episode um, of Football Bloody Hell as we go through all the topics um, all the main events that have happened over the weekend obviously we've come out of the Premier League now but there's always stories um, going on and uh, I've got quite a bit to get through on my list this evening so would you be prepared Martin to disclose if there was a team of interest in the top flight that you closely follow, or was that not something that you'd be willing to to divulge to the listeners, as I'm sure that you still want them to believe that it's still well, very well, much well, the Oval Town? Support, you mean? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's quite funny. You get to an age of about six or seven or eight, and and and, and something. There's actually there's actually statistics that that prove this stuff. It, as far as let's say let's say other clubs marketing departments have identified that kids choose their favorite team at around seven or eight years old so hence they're trying to get stuff in front of them you know your lifelong fans therefore for, for whatever reasons rightly or wrongly or backlash or not or anything for me when i was a kid that was man united now <laughs> You're saying all no, the right things, oh, Mr. Yeah. Chairman. You make your friends here, yeah. 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 I'm going to see all these people log off. <laughs> um, but but that said, you know, I sort of followed it in the background on and off. I'm 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 uh, I enjoy football, and you know, I I, I me personally, you know, it, it's not it's not um, uh, you know, I, I I perhaps don't get so emotional or, or, or sort of upset about things or whatever with the results um you know and 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 life tends to suddenly start making you uh, too busy to be even having having the time perhaps so so um yeah i'm probably not you know the best person to be sort of fully informative about you know latest players and all that sort of thing i just i'm i'm, I'm just busy and i enjoy watching a good game of football on the tv and that, and that's I mean you know really if if you know, perhaps that's slightly more what it's about at the end of the day but of course football is a very kind of emotional kind of factions and 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 uh, that sort of thing so of course people have their have their own choices I'm just wondering what would what would have been the worst team I could have said with the with the. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I couldn't I possibly. Thought that, that, I would have thought that was obvious if if you've got yeah, any. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, but Martin, it's interesting you should make, mention them in particular. I mean, it, it's it's a well-known fact that I'm totally red. I have been since 1957, um, and when the Munich air disaster happened, and that was me sealed for life. But um, bearing in mind that you have just bought a football club, and bearing in mind that Manchester United, as we know, are supposedly, and I use the word advisedly, on the market, um, what do you make of what's going on? I mean, you, you've, you've been through a, a similar kind of thing in so much as, uh, all right, you're not talking in billions, but you were talking in a very difficult um, purchaser, no, what would it be, uh, seller, um, just as we're having problems with the Glazers trying to uh, to buy the club, I mean, you know, how how do you see it? Do you, do you, is is it a difficult difficult to sort of align the two together because the money's so different? It's definitely difficult to finalise and align that 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 final end buyer with the club because you start off with 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 different needs and wants and what you. Expect and what that person's willing to pay club like Manchester United you know when you when you're in the when you're in the billions if you like um but but you know if you talk in sort of percentages rather than than pound signs uh it, it the thing with a club like man United is 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 the the commercial merchandising business aspect of it you know is making far more money than than the tickets on the on the on, on the on the stadium and the, the you know the merchandising rights and all of that and so in in that aspect of acquiring a club it, it it's really a lot less about ironically a lot less about football in that sense it is a a, a vastly um you know lots of zeros kind of um commercial entity that 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 Obviously, those people bidding for it, the, the, the similarities, if you like, if I could make one with, I'm, I assume the person, that, the people that are bidding for it have a, have, have a clear concept of how they would improve that club. Um, and, and, you know, that, that's probably where the similarities end. Uh, I, I'm, so, so, yeah, it's, I mean, you know, it's hard enough for Yeovil Town. I can imagine how many, you know, I had one barrister. I don't know how many there would be on each side of the table on a, in a, a deal like Man United. But it, it's it's the, the fact that it's football is, is almost somehow not primary in terms of the where the income streams ultimately come from. With Man United, of course, it's football related. If it's merchandise and or tele, television rights or, or whatever it is, but um, it's far more of a you, you, and you obviously get far more international, far more unconnected with football kind of bidders because they're 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 perhaps slightly coming at it from a different angle, um, and you know to 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 also. You know, separate the two deals. Um, you know, one was presumably going after a profitable club, and one was going after an unprofitable one. I mean, the one thing that, that that kind of sort of stuck with me was the fact that you know, Glazers are being extremely difficult. I mean, if they want to sell it, we'll sell it. They don't muck about, and we've been mucking about for six months no. now, where nothing's happening. And um, aren't, there, aren't there some similarities there? 
Yeah, precisely, yeah. you know. So yeah. hence the reason for the question, really. But, uh, um, you know, I mean, obviously, there, there's always there's the sports washing issue, which I know Rick is very passionate about. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult scenario. But I just wondered, you know, um, in this shape, Jasim, now he's come in today and said a new, a new offer, we don't know how much, um, but he said he wants an answer by Friday. I'm hoping that in one way or another, it's going to just liven up the whole procedure and the, the Glazers will finally get off the fence and say, yes, we're selling it or no, we're not. Well, well this is it. In, 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 you know, it's a sort of deja vu thing going on here a bit. And, you know, because while this thing's being tossed around and batted around, you know, you have a huge fan base that has sat there witnessing this this happening. Um, uh, Glazers, you know, I always think, you know, if you're if you're if you're some distance away, I think the further away you are, perhaps the more arrogance you you might choose to have on it. Um, I've, I've said during this process, I I live in this community, so you know, even if I chose to have that attitude, it, I don't think it would it would it would be very um, very sensible. But you've got to remember people like Glazers. They're most of these most of these people, and you know, I sort of could include myself to a degree. Is they're usually surrounded by much more clever people. It's it's um, obviously trying to let, let let's put it this way: if if a if a buyer of Man United is going in because he wants to get the maximum return on his investment. That is a million miles away from a buyer of Yeovil Town. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's where the separation is. Um, it's a, it's potentially, you know, if you've got a club like Man United that you can increase profitability by five percent, that's quite a lot of revenue ad- achieved. Um, and you know, you you don't quite have that same sort of arbitrage if you like with 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 a club like Yeovil Town it's got to be a really tangible increase you know we uh, again you know Man United probably wouldn't be able to say that their season ticket sales increased 50 percent um um uh, this year so 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 it it is kind of horses for courses and everything's everything's relative everything's you know important it's just one's got many more zeros on the end of the number Okay, well, thank you for that. That's uh, answered it fairly, fairly accurately. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not an easier subject to discuss, though, is it? Let's be fair; it's so complicated, and you know, there, as you say, I mean, you know, there's there's just so many noughts floating around at the moment that uh, it, you know we can't think in those sort of realms, can we? I mean, just as individuals. In fairness, you know, if if and, and not to belittle them, the probably the majority of the fan base who support the club, who 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 you know keep it going. You could say they, they, you know, not, not, not an insult to them. They don't understand either, and so it's a, it's, it's actually quite a very selfish process in terms of the, you know, the, 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 the top tier sort of owners talking to other potential owners and, and really not, not transparently sharing the kind of progress of that with the fans. Well, on the subject of ownership, I'm going to shoehorn it into the other news today that I think. I think it broke today certainly the article uh, was around this morning that the ownership group of newcastle united have now purchased four top flight saudi arabian teams um rick i'll 
come to you as Gav has just dropped off temporarily. Um, that, this big sports in a, in, a, yeah. in more of a broader sense, I'll, yeah. I'll take Martin's thoughts in a moment, but are, are we in danger of football eating itself, essentially? 100%. Absolutely yeah. 100%. Which is the point I keep making about the, the whole Manchester City thing. The fact that they've been allowed to get away, I'll say it once, and I'll try not to say it again, with their 115 breaches. The Premier League are in danger of, of killing their own product, I think, because people are going to switch off. They're not going to be interested. There's And golf's gone down the same route again today. And you can't... How, how can the, the chap who's uh, the chairman at Newcastle... That was they went through uh, fit and proper persons. It wasn't state ownership and whatever. And yet they've now... The PGA have now um, got into bed with the Live Golf Tournament, and that is a state-owned thing, and it's the same fella. So how come he can he can wear one hat for one sport and another one for another? It's blatantly obvious what Newcastle are doing, and especially when a state buys four clubs with the sole aim of Benzema's gone there. Interesting that they missed out on Messi, but um, it's uh, yeah, I just I don't like it. Put it that well, way. I mean, it's it's you know. We all know that in 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 relatively relatively recent years, the the, the tra- trajectory of the the obsession about the financial end of of football is is has been you know a sharp massive um, climb that, that overshadows the rest of it. it. It's it's a again it comes down to a regulations and legislation uh, system from from top to bottom that. You know, if it's if it's recognised by so many as being, you know, at the at the minimum immoral or unethical, let alone illegal, um, you know, that should drive that should drive some kind of review of all the legislation that, that happens. If it, it, it's 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 not about, you know, um, we've got uh, you know an endless incredible flow of money from the oil fields or something so that means we will have the 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 the, the winning side we have seen it before though it was it's worth saying that with the chinese project which was have been what in the early 2010s mm. possibly where they tried to follow money. the same model but that yeah. ended up eating itself it's the danger though that it's probably not as likely to go the same way as how the Saudis are doing it, because the money seems far more vast than even the Chinese project. This is it, and and you know the fact we're having a conversation about who's got you know more of a vast um, reserve of money. Um, <clears throat> you know when we are talking about a game that involves you know two sides, uh, you know kicking a ball around on a pitch and trying to score goals. It 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 it, it sort of um, it, it it dilutes that you know, what football is all about, whether it's about the, you know, the the competitive nature, the, you know, the, the health aspect, the bringing a community together, the entertainment. None of those things seems are quite taken into account when we're talking about, you know, in, in vast, you know, talk about unfair advantage and all that sort of thing. It just becomes a bit, I'm trying, trying to think of the word, but it, it, it just becomes a little bit sort of, vile in the sense of you know they're not even really kind of you know hide the facts anymore if it if it if we're yeah. allowed to do it if we're allowed to do it we will exploit 
the, the loopholes that allow us to do it. Well, if you're approaching a subject with that mindset, you're not really going to be considered a fair and honest person. Um, but it, 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 it's down to whatever legislative authorities have the control to do. And, you know, while, while money is a driving factor at that level, these things will continue forever. It does look like Gav is now back with us. Are you there, Gav? Yeah, hi. Sorry about this. Sorry That's about all that. right. We were just Three having a we're that. just having a chat about the uh, situation that Saudi Arabia find themselves in at the moment, with the ownership group of Newcastle now taking on four top-flight clubs, and how it might be more sustainable than the Chinese model that didn't quite last um, the same length that they would have were, were hoping it would have. Um, how many teams in that league, Dave? Because if they've got four of them and they've got financial clout behind those four. It's not going to be a very competitive league for the others, is it? Good question. I'm not. I'm not sure unless Gav, you, Gav, you have Saudi Arabian top flight league <laughs> knowledge. Saudi Arabian Free Valleys radio correspondent. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm not actually sure. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's an awful. Um, I did see somewhere. I don't know if it's already been mentioned or if I'm having my issues. And um, Cristiano Ronaldo, the owners. Of, them were also invested in Newcastle and apparently there was a clause in his contract if Newcastle qualified the next season's Champions League which of course they have then he would be uh, he would be turning out in the uh, the Toon Army which Rick will love yeah <laughs> fantastic but the beauty of sport is the fact that however annoying it is because I believe it or not I wasn't a fan when uh, that shower from Anfield we're winning everything. But then United got a crack at it. And the, the joy of sport is it's cyclical. Put Jürgen away. I don't want to see him. <laughs> there it are 16 teams, Rick. I've just looked it up. Yeah. 16 teams in the Arabian League. So how do the other eight teams feel about that? What are they? I keep referring to it with Man City. Yeah, well, Rick. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this, is, this is why I'm not a financial genius. But um, I keep going back to the Harlem Globetrotters aspect of it. I mean, it, and it's like WWE. What are these other teams there for? They just to turn up and get battered every week so that people can cheer on their heroes. It's it's not sport as sport is intended, I don't think. The, the sport is secondary almost. It, it, Absolutely, it, it's a product. It, it, it would be fully understandable if if any club operated within the, the maximum parameters they were allowed to, if those parameters were set more tighter and on a, You know, the, the, the whole point of sport is a competitive level playing field um it it, it you know it, it just totally overshadows it and you know what you're actually kind of watching is a is a is a is a is a business operating rather than a football match um and all the all the off offshoots and that how or when it will be tightened up or controlled or or stop getting worse in 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 the sense of you know where will it end? Where where will it stop? Well, just on that subject, Martin, I appreciate you've you've not been in your um, job very very long. But is there a feeling within football circles, even at Yeovil's level, that teams like Yeovil are just going to get left behind? Particularly how the the pyramid is at the moment, because there's just such a disparity between yeah. the top and the bottom. Yeah. Um, I suppose I I could tell you when we. When we when we when we get to the Premiership, but um, <laughs> it is it, 
everyone recognises the lower down the leagues it goes, the more grassroots it goes, it's more about the football and less about the money. But completely. And it just, you know, you, when you get to the top or near the top, it becomes a little bit more vulgar in terms of the, of the you know, the, 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 the money sloshing around. Ultimately, what you've got is, is, is business owners and investors up at that level who are looking to get the maximum back on their investment. If I even began to dare kid myself that I was looking to get the maximum back on my investment, I would be completely being dishonest to myself, let alone anyone else. Um, and I, I, think, I think there's a middle ground somewhere in all of it. I, I, I just think if the obsession with money overtakes the obsession with the sport and playing football, that's when things just start to become unpleasant, uh, certainly in my view. Um, it's, it, it shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't be a, a negative connotations as far as getting up to top tier football and, and, you know, kind of not relishing that aspect of it. Uh, you know, after all, it's, it's, it's done on achievement. And, and, you know, from, from lads on the pitch. So, so you know, there's part of me that said, yeah, I'd be quite happily not to, not to get anywhere near the kind of top flighty parts of the, of the pyramid because I, I just think the whole focus is, is totally, is, is less and less about the football. Well, talking of achievements, Martin, I want to talk about um, West Ham because we are in danger in this podcast of talking about all the doom and gloom topics and we don't have any excitement to talk about other than the the oval questions uh, at the start of the podcast of course but ad have you spoken to three valleys uh will brummel um today because he must be absolutely buzzing that west ham find themselves in the european final and i know that the likes of ourselves who support teams at the topper end of the of the premier league we screw our noses up a little bit at things like the europa conference but Teams like West Ham don't get an opportunity to go to a cup final every year. So they've got every right to go out there and enjoy this. And I'm sure that you'll you'll know better than me. How's how's Will feeling about it all? Well, Will and I uh, uh, exchanged a few words. We had a pleasant afternoon up at the cricket ground with Somerset over 60s. We're playing uh, Devon over 60s, I think it was. Were you and playing? No, no, just watching, just watching. Uh, just keeping the bar going, you know, as you have to do in these sort of situations in small little village clubs. And uh, it has to be said that Will is preparing himself mentally. He's <laughs> he's taken a lot of trouble, and he's and Bob, of course, from Cross Road, his mate and uh, another West Ham fan. Um, they're very hopeful. I see already, though, on Spice Sky Sports News that uh, um, there's trouble over there already, and. Uh, a few idiots are trying to cause problems, which uh, always makes it rather sad, really. But there you go. But he, he's very confident they're going to win. Um, there was an article in the papers, I don't know if you saw it, that uh, Fiorentina said that they were going to, shall we put it, indulge in the dark arts to try and wind West Ham up. I hope they don't, because we had enough of that with Roma and Jose Mourinho. We don't need it again. And, uh, you know, they're an English club. And under normal circumstances, I... I would probably be cheering on the, the other team. But in this particular case, I don't want Fiorentina to win. Um, I'm pleased that Liverpool aren't in any finals. Uh, in <laughs> fact, I'm absolutely delighted 
So uh, I think that, um, yeah, I think West Ham have got a, a, a better than average chance of winning. I mean, it's, you know, it's interesting to see what, what Declan Rice does because obviously this could be um, his last game for West Ham. I mean, it's being stout, uh, touted around as that. So whether he is actually going to go or not, I don't know. We shall see. But it'll be an interesting game to watch, that's for certain. So uh, I think my vote goes to West Ham. I don't know what. What do you think, Rick? I think it'd be lovely to see the Cockneys win something. Yeah. The whole down-to-earth bunch of geezers. And yeah, no, my brother's a West Ham fan, actually. And he used to have a season ticket and go up every week until they appointed Sam Allardyce. And as a point, the principal, he stopped going. But um, yeah, no, I think it'd be great. And, and also, it's, it's, not, it's the same as Brighton getting in the uh, Europa League. You know, It's nice to see a different English club succeeding in, in Europe. And... Yeah, I, th I think. I, I, yeah, getting behind the, the Cockney Cockneys. And it, and it does show there's a slight sort of vulnerability or chink in the armour of some of these clubs that can, can pour vast money in. That occasionally, that doesn't always uh, guarantee you the results. So so it's nice to see a, you know, um, I mean, who could begrudge a team, you know, gaining the success to, to go into something like that? Because, again, it's about the football. And um, I think the fact, you know, mix of a, Against the side and a little bit of Italian flair and all that sort of thing. I think, as you say, if nothing else, a good game to watch. So uh, it'd, be, um, it'd be nice for David Moyes, actually, because he's had to carry around the burden of being the man that brought Marouane Fellaini to United. It'd be good for him to get that monkey off his back and do something positive in the game. Yeah. I think the only sad point about the whole aspect of it is that it, the only reason that West Ham have got to a final is because UEFA have created yet another tin pot trophy for the final. Yeah, but Adrian, is this? Do you not think now that the way it's structured, now that the way European football is structured, you've got you, you're old enough to remember the Cup Winners' Cup. In a, yeah. this is probably the equivalent of that. The Europa League is the equivalent of the UEFA Cup, and the Champions League is the equivalent of the European Cup. And those are the three major tournaments when I was growing up. Yeah, and you remember United winning against Barcelona in one of the greatest European finals yeah, ever. in Rotterdam. Well, injury time was uh, interesting. The rest of it was uh, you were outplayed, weren't you? <laughs> what, against Barcelona? Yeah. Oh, you're, oh, I thought you were about your fluky treble. Oh, no, your, sorry. Are you, you, you're referring to the only legitimate treble ever won by an English club. <laughs> Oh, yeah. why, would, why would you why would you open that door gav why we've nearly why. gone through the whole oh, <laughs> you forget who you're talking to <laughs> <laughs> no I, i'm old enough to remember the cup winners cup as well yeah and i think and i think that if i'm right in saying the winners of tonight go into the um europa, europa. League, so that, yeah that, that's uh, something to, uh, and you know i think you know like last week it was like we don't want city to win the treble because we were the only ones that done it you were in 80 or so weren't you and then Liverpool 99 actually, mate. 99. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so West Ham haven't won anything since I think the FA Cup, wasn't it? 1980. They yeah. got semi finals in the Europa League last year, so yeah. one's better, oblique in that. Like, so I agree, you know, the third tier, but I mean, but if you didn't have this competition, you know, if like, hey, you said Mickey Mouse Cup, you know, tongue in cheek, if you didn't have this competition, then teams like, your West Ham's and your Brighton's would never experience European football if they're at that level just below the, the top four. Well, I suppose you, you could also add to that that, you know, I suppose possibly the, the reason that West Ham are in it is because of the demise of Chelsea and, and where, in Chelsea's case, you know, all brought about by too much money, 
you know, American going into the sweet shop and buying every sweet he can see in, in front of him. Um, they've dropped like a stone, and of course West Ham have, have taken advantage of that fact because they're obviously up one one posi position in the league. So that's right. And two massive London clubs, Chelsea and Spurs, aren't going to be in Europe at all next year, are they? No, no. Talking of which, Spurs, uh, uh, Dave, um, what do we all think about? Um, um, Go on, Ange, Go on. Ange, 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 Ange Pepsi Cola. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I mean, I, I think it's a good appointment, personally. I think I think Spurs are going to be a problem next year now, but we'll see. What, what do you lot think? Not for him, it's not. Not for him. I think it's a backward step for him, but then that's my opinion of Spurs. See, I know you've mentioned on that. Rick, but if you look yeah. at actually, if you look at his career, that he's what he's managed Brisbane Raw, he's gone yeah. into the Japanese league, he's then gone to Scotland. You can kind of understand why he's why he's done it because he's not. Even though Tottenham don't necessarily splash the cash, and Daniel Levy's quite tight-lipped on these things, but he's gonna have never experienced resources or anything like it before. Yeah, I just yeah, it's just my opinion of uh, of, of Spurs. Really, I just think it's a tin pot club. Well, you've been influenced when, by Fergie, haven't you? Because do you remember when Fergie was manager of United, it was always, you know, I said he Spurs. That was his set yeah. pay, wasn't it? I said he Spurs, don't worry. It's Spurs, lads. And then he left the changing room. Yeah. <laughs> Best half it, it, I think it's the right time for him to move because if he stayed at Celtic, he's won the treble this this season. You know, what, what else is there to do? They yeah. Celtic, the Scottish clubs, Rangers and Celtic, rarely progress past the... Uh, early stages of the Champions League and then they're back in the Europa League and then they don't often get very far in that. So I th it may not be the biggest club in the Premier League, but he will be managing in the best league in the world. You can understand it from his point of view. It is, I mean, forget the fact that it's Spurs. It's a potentially top-level team in a more competitive, well, allegedly more competitive league. So uh, you can understand him doing it and it's, it is a career progression and apparently he's an absolutely top bloke. So... Uh, well, I think you've got, a, you know, a potentially controversial manager who suddenly got more resource than he had before. Mm -hmm. Happened somewhere else. I can't remember where it is. Um, oh, yeah, it's Yeovil Town, I think. <laughs> so, so there's some, some, you know, similarities, I suppose. But, I mean, you know, the people that bring him in, obviously, have a belief and a, and a you know, a plan and give these people a chance, I guess. So, I think his, his style of play is... is, is... Uh, you know, possibly one of the reasons that's brought him in. You know, he's a nice, personable bloke, or he seems to be. But just the mere fact that he plays football that way. I know it's easy to a team like Celtic when you're up against only one other opposition in the whole league, really. But but nonetheless, if he could to get be Tottenham fair, playing like to that... To be fair, Aid, I screwed my nose up a little bit about it, but there was, um, there was a good piece in The Athletic yesterday about how, actually, when Rangers won the league, which was only... What two, years. two years ago? Yeah. Um, Celtic were absolutely atrocious, and they're twenty-five points behind. Yeah. The fact that he's come in, he's cleared people out, brought his own players in, and then gone on to won it. How they've won it, and it Celtic, has changed my mind a little Celtic bit. Supporters, Celtic supporters had exactly the same reaction when he was appointed as well. Yeah, yeah. and now they absolutely adore him. But Daniel Levy's got this way of he's appointed another manager and made him feel like he's third or fourth choice. Because he's been touting the job round to other managers who've turned it down. So he's got a bit of work to do uh, with his relationship with them, I would have thought. 
So I think we've pretty much got towards the end of the podcast now. But last thing for me, Martin, I just want to ask, and um, you've kind of worked out people's allegiances, I think, when it comes to top flight football. But will you will you have one eye on the Champions League final on Saturday night? Of course. You know, and, and, and you know, the, the, the acquisition that, that we've achieved only sort of bolsters that fact that, you know... Come on, Inter. I must be fully averse with all the uh, current uh, football going on um, to to avoid any slight embarrassments in any future podcasts and things. So not that I don't follow it, but I must just follow it with a little more detail. Um, uh, but uh, Yeovil Town, obviously. Potentially some scouting well, on the Champions League final. <laughs> don't worry, we'll keep you informed, Martin. Don't worry. Yeah, just, just fill me in before we start. No, but in all seriousness, um, you know, our, our commitment, I love what we're doing there. The, the, the sheer number of uh, uh, not enough hours in a day to, to, to achieve what we're trying to at Yeovil Town. I'd rather be less informed on a on a uh, Premiership team than uh, than uh, yeah. you know uh, sort of taking me off a ball with the with the local. It's fine, fine, fine by us. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Good. Glad you enjoy it because we love having you on. No, I'm very grateful. Thank well, that you. was episode 180. Yeah, 100 of these we've done. Congratulations! It's amazing, amazing. Our time's gone on, really. But uh, you know, we're getting a few listeners, and that's important. So uh, long may it continue. And you sure. know, when you look, we've had we've had a few interesting people on. We've we've had Martin, we've had Josh Staunton, Matt Matt Worthington, Paul Ward, the manager of Derby County, has been on. Gary Johnson, he's been on. Uh, Aaron Davis. Chris Cohen from Nottingham Forest. You know, we've had a few on, really, so we're, we're doing okay. Rick Hyatt. Rick, yeah, he was good as well, um, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I wish he'd shut up and get off the fence. That yeah. Yeah. Rick Hyatt, give me his full name. Rick Hyatt 215. I see you've managed to one salvage one bloody Jürgen as well. I, don't, I thought you'd burnt him or something. Is, yeah, isn't he supposed to be in the bin? Yeah. yeah, so I was saying to Rick the other day that my missus said to me, can we not recycle him? I yeah. was like, how dare you <laughs> never mind i think you should go and burn it now but anyway we're, we've overrun already so uh he's yeah. actually jürgen's been on more bloody blo- podcasts than he's welcome actually could you yeah. stop doing that then? yeah there we go I'm, i must quickly point out to martin that the reason i have a cardboard cut out of jürgen klopp was for my 30th birthday party and for no other reason i hadn't thought there was anything to... <laughs> unusual about it up to that point <laughs> you feel you have to explain every pod day to every pod. Every pod, every yeah. pod yeah. is. It's yeah. worth just reiterating <laughs> that point. point. Browsing, Amazon, browsing Amazon and seeing what cut they've got, so I might <laughs> keep that one up to But yeah, brilliant, fantastic chat. Enjoy it a lot. And and as as far as um, you know, when you talked about previous players you've had on, you know, as part of the club's kind of open communication and and the support. Yeah. Players, we we will you know certainly be able to line up a, a little bit more of that sort of stuff on a regular basis for you. So, excellent, you know, excellent. That's, that's the sort of thing we want to hear, Martin. Just the job. Well, we, we've overrun uh, Hilda, so I'd better close it up, hadn't I? Do you want me to do it? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Yeah. Well, um, basically, thank you very much for joining us. First of all, Martin Hellier, Rick Hyatt, Dave. Hilda Pryor, and of course Gav Sheetham, and me. Uh, well, I'm always here anyway, you know. I do. Yeah. But anyway, all I can say is this has been Football 
bloody hell 100 yeah. and we'll be back again next week so thanks for joining us and bye for now Thank <laughs> you.